When building a house, you have to start with a solid foundation. If you don't have that, the house will crumble. Well, in today's message, Pastor Daniel says the same is true when it comes to learning how to live the abundant life God wants for you. You first need the foundation of knowing who God is. This is your starting point. You'll learn that what you believe about yourself and how you interact with the world is rooted in your understanding of God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Mark chapter 12 as he continues his message, The Main Thing. A lot of us who are Christians, you're doing the same thing. You want to create God in your own image. No. God wants to create us and recreate us in his image. Just because you think God hates some group of people doesn't necessarily mean God does. And so we have to be fair about it. It's easy to look at someone else. But are we trying to make God in our own image or are we saying God who are you? And I want you to remake me in your image. So Jesus begins with that there is one God. And then he quotes two verses from the Old Testament. Out of all 613 laws, Jesus breaks it down to two. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then the second one is Leviticus nineteen eighteen: You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, you want the greatest, most important commandments? Here they are. There's one God. You need to love that God with the totality of who you are. Heart, the control center of your life. Your soul, your emotions and your will. Your mind, your intellect. Your strength, your bodily faculties. Complete and total devotion to the one true God. Right? That was the Shema, they would call it. A Jewish person would recite that twice every day. There'd be these little boxes with these scrolls with that verse on it, on their hands and on their foreheads. It was the centerpiece of Jewish worship, this text. Right? And then you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to break this down for you. You notice it breaks into three parts. You love God. You love yourself. And you love others. This is the main thing. You love God. You love yourself. And then you love others. What does he say? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. See, that's loving God. And then you shall love your neighbor, that's loving others, as yourself. So we have, this is the main thing. The art of living is defined by loving God, 
which leads to our understanding of how we love ourselves, which leads to how we love other people. That's the main thing. The art of living is all about this. You love God because of your understanding of God. You love yourself, and then you love your neighbor. Now, if you like these type of things, every single person understands life through these three things. Now, if we were to take it out of Jesus' language here, you could say it's about divinity, identity, and mission. Divinity is our understanding of who God is, right? Then identity is the understanding of who we are as individuals. And then mission is how you live in the world. Now, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be a Christian. Everybody decides their art of living through that grid. What do you believe about who God is or isn't? Which leads to how do I see myself? Which leads to because of who God is or isn't or how I view God, because of how I view myself, now I live in the world today. Everybody does this. I've talked to people who are atheists. I've talked to people all different religions, just secularists. I'm like, hey, does it kind of work this way? And everyone's like, yeah, it totally works this way. Let me give you an example. Let's say you don't believe in God, right? Let's say you're here and you're like, look, I just don't believe in God at all. I believe in science. Okay, so your divinity position is there's no God, right? Then you define your own life based on what you believe about God. I'm not accountable to anybody. I can do what I want to do right? I get to choose my own adventure because I don't believe in God, right? Now, if you choose that position, then you live in the world based on that reality. You say, because there's no God I'm accountable to, I'm allowed to do what I want. So my divinity leads me to a self-centered identity, which when you live out, you say, well, I can do what I want to do in the world. So guess what? I can do what I want to do. Now, let me give you another example. Imagine your belief in God is that God's greatest driving desire is that you kill all the people who don't believe in your religion. Your job is to kill infidels. If that's your divinity, then it leads to an identity that says, I am a warrior and my job is to kill. And then what do you do to people? You kill them and you make videos of it. And you post it on the internet thinking that's a good thing, right? We see that in our world today. People who their belief about God is that God is angry. And because God is angry, God wants to kill all the people he's angry with, and you're supposed to go kill them, and then we kill them, we take a video, and we think that's okay. Divinity leads to identity, which leads to mission, or the way that we live. Now, I'm here to tell you, because Jesus began, there is one God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That reality of who God is leads to how we see ourselves, so what you believe about God leads to how you view yourself and how you believe about God and how you view yourself, that leads to how you live in the world. So before you can look at the art of living, you have to look at what do you believe about God and who are you as a person? And in a lot of ways, what I'm going to do, we're going to look at each one of these. We're going to look at the human need for belief about God and how we should practice that. And then the human need for who we are. How do we define ourselves? And how do we practice that? And then because of who God is and because of who we are, how should we live in the world? Now, if you want to have some more fun, and this is going to get a little theoretical, just a little bit though. If we have these three compartments, right? You can look at them as three different directions that we live. As you know from the Bible, God reveals himself as Father, Son, and Spirit. So we can focus on one person of the one God in each section. I'll show it to you. Loving God. 
If it were to have a direction, what would it be? Upward. So loving God is us living upward or vertically, right? And we can focus on the reality of loving God. So we're talking about God the Father. And the ultimate act of God the Father was creation. Right? Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Right? So loving God, the focus is how we live. Everybody lives vertically. Everybody has a life of worship in some way. Whether or not you look up and just see the created order and you make much of that, or some idea about God, everybody lives vertically. Now, in the Bible, if we're loving God, the focus is on God the Father, and God's definitive act is creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, it says. The Bible became instantly controversial in one verse. We see that we are called to live upward, worshiping the God who created and sustains everything. Now, don't miss that. The Bible teaches that God created and sustains everything. I mean, in the New Testament, it says things like, in him we what? We live and move and have our being. What that means is that there's not a person who doesn't live, move, and have their being because God created and sustains everything. Don't think that a belief in the creator and the sustainer God doesn't change everything. It changes everything. So we have first, we love God, right? We're living upward, and we're going to focus on God the Father who created and sustains everything. Now, second... If we love ourselves, if that had a direction, it would be what? It would be inward, right? It's you, your life. It's about what's going on in your heart. Your identity is personal. And then the focus would be on the Son, Jesus Christ, and the definitive biblical act of the Son of God, which is the cross and the empty tomb. Why is this so important? Because God designed you and I to build our identity on the cross and the empty tomb of Jesus. See, if you were to stereotype every person who ever lived, by and large, people will fall into two categories. Now, I realize I'm stereotyping, right? Now, some people say, oh, you should never stereotype, but the reason you have stereotypes is because a lot of times they're right. So, like, if you were to stereotype me, you'd say, he's short and hairy, right? Now, I wouldn't say, I can't believe you'd say that I'm hairy. I'm not hairy. Like, what do you got against hairy people? What? I'm not short. I'm taller than a lot of people. But I'm short and hairy. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's just who I am. As opposed to being tall and smooth-skinned. It's the way it is. Now, if you were to stereotype people, all people kind of fall into two categories. There are the people who think that They are God's gift to life. Everything they do is perfect and wonderful. They always got it together, right? Anybody know anybody like that? Yeah, yeah, right? A lot of people, I am here and I get everything right. Then there's the other group of people who, I'm a lousy waste of space. I never do anything right. So you have on one side kind of the overly proud group of people, and on the other side you have the overly self-deprecating group of people. Now, why do I bring this up? Because identity, a person will only understand who they are when they see the cross and the empty tomb of Jesus. Why? Because if you are overly optimistic about who you are, and you just think that everything you do is perfect, 
When you look at the cross, you realize that Jesus had to die on a cross because I've made mistakes. Even the most together person needs Jesus to die and rise again. The Bible calls that sin. What's sin? Sin is anything that misses the mark of loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and loving your neighbor as yourself. Anytime you love yourself wrongly, that's sin. Anytime you don't love your neighbor properly, that's sin. Anytime you don't love God with the totality of who you are, the Bible calls that sin. It means missing the mark. See, people are like, oh, I don't like the sin word, but... the reason we don't like the sin word is because that's who we are, right? Oh, you woke up in the morning like, oh, I can't believe another day. You just sinned. You looked in the mirror this morning, you're like, man, I'm looking lousy today. It's sin. You're saying, I look great today. Sin. You know, it's like, it's how it goes. That's life. So we all make mistakes, but the thing is, If you're overly optimistic, if you're self-aggrandizing, you look at the cross and you realize, I can't be like this because Jesus had to die for my mistakes. And so it takes us from being, have an elevated self-view and it brings us back down to the right spot. But then on the other side, if you're the kind of person who you're like, I'm just terrible and my life is worthless and the world would be a better place if I wasn't here, you look at the cross and you realize that Jesus died for you because God loves you that much. You might say, I have no value. You have infinite value that God would send his own son to die on a cross for you. See, so the cross of Jesus Christ and the empty tomb, it's the great leveler. It levels everybody out. So you see why viewing yourself through anything other than the death and resurrection of Jesus will give you a faulty self-view? See, people try and define their identity based on, I'm not as bad as that person. Like even right now, some of you, some of you really, really religious Christian people, you just feel grateful to God that you don't have dreadlocks like Fusco. And listen, if you're deciding your identity based on how your hair is cooler than mine, you're going to get a wrong view of who you are. But the cross of Jesus Christ gives us the proper understanding. So not only do we love God, right, and we live upward, and we focus on God the Father who is the creator and sustainer of all things, then the art of living is also learned by going inward into yourselves where the focus is on Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb, which gives us a healthy identity. When was the last time you built your identity on the death and the resurrection of Jesus? When was the last time you said, God, what does this mean about my life and who I am meant to be? But it's not only upward and inward. Oh, and if you want to spend some time focusing on the cross, there's two chapters in each one of your Gospels. Matthew 27 and 28, Mark 15 and 16, Luke 23, 24, and John 19 and 20. Each Gospel has two chapters about this. Why? Because it's important. Looking at the cross, what does it mean? What happened there? So not only is it upward and inward, but then also we're called to love others, which is outward, right? If you're loving God, it's upwards, and if you're loving yourself, it's inward. Then if you're loving others, it's outward. And when you think about how we're told to love others, this has everything to do with the work of the Holy Spirit. 
the Spirit of God empowers and inspires us to live out in the world. And if you need a specific biblical example of the work of the Spirit, it's the day of Pentecost, right? Acts chapter 2, where what we find is that Jesus tells his disciples, listen, wait here in Jerusalem until the coming of the Holy Spirit, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the othermost parts of the earth. So what you have in this reality of the main thing, this greatest commandment, is that we live upward, inward, and outward. We live our lives based on the reality of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We learn the art of living based on creation, the cross and the empty tomb, and a life in the Spirit that we call Pentecost. Now let me say this, because some of you right now, you're like, okay, so Fusco, I get where you're going, but can we really separate the persons of the Trinity this way? And the answer is no. And the reason we can't, because we already saw that the Lord our God is one. God is unified. But God does work uniquely in the midst of the totality of the Trinity in each one of these areas. So you really can't live a life of mission without God the Father. You can't really understand your identity without God the Holy Spirit or God the Father. But you see that by breaking it up this way, we want to learn the art of living in a deeply Trinitarian way. We don't want to neglect any of the person and work of God in the same way we don't want to neglect any part of our personality. Because every person lives upwardly, inwardly, and outwardly. Everybody does. Everybody has some sort of worship life, has some sort of identity life, and has some sort of mission in the world. And if we're going to study the art of living over the next bunch of months, we have to look in all of these directions. And literally what I'm going to do is, I'm going to take four aspects of loving God, living this vertical life showing a need that each one of us has and how we seek to fill it and what the Bible teaches us on how to fill it. Then we're going to take four different human needs that are identity building, personal, internal needs, ways that we seek to fill it. And then what the Bible teaches us about how we ought to live. And then we're going to take four needs that we have in relations to other people, how we live outwardly. And we're going to see how we seek to fill those needs and what the Bible teaches us about those needs. That's what this Art of Living series is all about. It's about learning to live upwardly, inwardly, and outwardly in a way that brings God tremendous glory and is a blessing to the world. As I close this out, I want you to notice what happens. Jesus tells this guy, right, the scribe, says, what's the most important commandment? He shares with them, you love God and you love others as you love yourself. Notice what this guy says in verse 32. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that, he answered wisely. He said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. See, this scribe hears what Jesus is saying and is like, you're right, dude. He's like, you got it right. There is only one God. To love God with all that we are, to love our neighbor, that's more important than all these other things that we do, the whole of burnt offering and sacrifices. And then Jesus says to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. I think this is super important. Brothers and sisters, 
Don't be far. Don't be far. See, this guy asked a great question and Jesus gave him the most important answer in the world. He gave him the main thing. And this guy says, you know what? Jesus, you're right. I agree. But Jesus doesn't say, good, you agree, it's a done deal. Jesus says, you're not far. For so many of us, we have the right information, but we're not utilizing the information. Didn't we talk about this in the book of Proverbs? That there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is having the right information, and wisdom is the proper integration of the right information. See, I believe for many of us today, we know the right thing to do, but we don't do it. See, this scribe got the right information from the right person. I mean, Jesus of Nazareth told him, this is the way to live. And he says, you're right. And then Jesus says, you're not far. And isn't that a crazy statement from Jesus? Jesus says, you're on the path, but you're not there. I believe Jesus is saying the same thing to you and I right now. I believe that what Jesus is saying is saying, you're not far. He's saying, look, I told you what the main thing is, but what are you going to do with it now? And Jesus invites this scribe to come and follow him. See, too many of us believe if we just believe the right things, everything is going to get fixed. And you know what the problem with that is? First, it's not biblical. Because true belief is something that you act out every day, not something that you just think you know. Right? Like, let me give you a great example. And this is a classic example. And it's an important example. Right? How many of us have gone to the doctor and the doctor says, okay, listen, I did your blood work. You need to lose about 50 pounds. And you need to change your diet. Right? And how many of us say, you're right, doc. And then you go to Burgerville. <laughs> the doctor tells you, you got to change your life. You're like, oh, I'm hungry and I eat when I'm sad. You know, and you're like, I'm just gonna drown, I'm gonna just drown my fears about my cholesterol with some bacon because it'll help. <laughs> See, just because you know you need to lose 40 pounds doesn't make you lose 40 pounds. Just because you know you need to change your diet doesn't make you change your diet. And just because you know how to dot your I's and cross your T's in the Bible does not mean you're a godly person. And you know how I know that? because we just look around at our lives and we see it. But then there's Jesus who says, look, I just gave you the right information. I just gave you the right information. Jesus, that's the right information. He's like, you're not far. Jesus is real. You can know a lot of stuff be informed and understand how things work. But if that knowledge isn't applied, you are no better off than someone who doesn't understand it at all. Today, Pastor Daniel urged you to let God's truth sink into your heart and shape your life. Like the scribe, you could ask the right questions and get the right answers, but not let it make a difference in how you live. God wants to transform your life as you let the reality of who He is permeate your heart and mind. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. 
You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page. That website again is JesusIsRealRadio.com. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel invites you to explore what it means to love God and why it's important. He'll share that meaning is essential to life. Humans need to make sense of the world and their place in it. But as you'll learn, it's easy to look for meaning in things that can't give you what you need. Pastor Daniel will help you see that it's God who gives life purpose. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called The Art of Living. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.